everything that God has created is good, including sexuality. We'll talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. I'm Justin Kim, you're watching Inverse, and in the studio with me is Jonathan, Kelly, and Siku, and we're in the midst of studying the topic of biblical sexuality. So we want to warn you that we are going to enter into some sensitive uh, topics and sensitive material, and if you have minors around, we just want to uh, warn and, 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 and alert you to viewer discretion here. Uh, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 2, but before we do so, we're going to have a word of prayer by Jonathan, if you can pray for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much again for the privilege to study your word. And Lord, as we look at the topic of biblical sexuality, um, we pray that your spirit will uh, teach us and guide us uh, in our understanding. Lord, we, we invite your presence here with us, and we pray also for everyone watching that everyone will be blessed as we dive into this topic. We thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and Callie. If you can do us the honor. Absolutely. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, we will come back to Philippians chapter 2. And Sika, I wanted to ask you, uh, we have been talking about the topic of sexuality for the last couple of weeks, and um, we have been reading about Jesus, and here is a wonderful passage in Philippians 2 on his humility and the death on the cross. What is the connection between spiritual things and then this topic of sexuality? Like, are, are we mixing oil and water here? Is this okay to do? Is <laughs> people may be asking. Tell us. Uh, yes. Yes. It's okay, <laughs> it's to, okay do. to do. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the, the first episode talking about the scripts that we have, I think that notion that sexuality is banal, you know, it's of the body and therefore evil, um, that's actually not a biblical script. It's not how the Bible describes sexuality. It's not how the Bible talks about sexuality. And the Bible does talk about sexuality, sometimes mm -hmm. even in graphic terms. Um, mm -hmm. But the way that the Bible talks about it actually very much connects the spiritual with the physical, you know, like mm -hmm. in terms of sexual intimacy and those kind of things. So throughout scripture, and, and that's not the topic for this study, you know, you have 
God even using, you know, sexuality as metaphors for his relationship with his people. Yes. Um, so that in sexuality, in that experience, there are things to be learned about God, there are things to learn about ourselves and the way God intended for us to be. So it's yes. very much in line with, with yes. what the Bible has to say to talk about. No, there are, and there are weird, you know, spiritual, sexual, like whatever things out there. We're not talking about that. We're not going to mix the two. We're not believe the, the Bible does not condone the worship of sexuality itself. Right. And there are some weird exoteric practices out there. But as just from reading scripture by itself, mm -hmm. it does talk about about this topic, so I wanted to kind of open this up uh, to 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 all of you. Why why do some people have this idea that God is some kind of killjoy God? Like mm -hmm. if there's anything good, God doesn't want you to have it. Which that that is a presupposition that many in the world have, mm -hmm. right? Oh, sex. Oh, the church doesn't want you to have sex. God doesn't want you to have sex. Sex is bad. It's evil. We did talk about scripts in the beginning in, in mm -hmm. chapter or, or episode one mm -hmm. uh, that some people believe that the body is evil, but some people believe that God is the one that's preventing us from mm -hmm. happening. Why, yeah. why is that the case? Callie and then John. Well, you kind of already said it, but I think it's because there are people on earth who say God says this. Mm. And so people in the church of uh, different denominations will say the Bible says that sex is evil. Mm -hmm. And they don't point to it. They just say like, the Bible says it with, mm -hmm. with, with it closed, mm -hmm. notice that. And so like it, it says it, so we're just like, says it, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then that's, we're informed by that. And so then we, we form ideas of God because of what people say about him mm -hmm. here on earth. So mm -hmm. that's also just an invitation for us to, to study the scripture and mm -hmm. see what mm -hmm. the Bible actually says. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, naturally uh, as, you know, an unconverted heart is selfish and wants, you know, gratification, wants all these things. And when it comes to the topic of sexuality, there is a way to approach sexuality in a very, very selfish way. Mm. And God is proposing a very different way of looking at sexuality, which is, you know, where the scripture will come in, uh, a selfless, uh, through the selfless lens, the lens of, it's not about you, it's, a, it's, it's about the other person, and it's mm. about an encounter that is really holy um, and, and beautiful. But that is not natural to our, to our human sinful heart. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a little bit of you know, time and, and of course a converted heart to, to realize that. But when you come out on the other side, you'll realize, whoa, God's ideal for the sexual experience is actually incredible and mm -hmm. beautiful and way better than what the world has to offer. But the reason why some people think, oh, it's a killjoy is because when they hear the principles that God has put into place, they feel like, well, that goes against everything that I want. Mm -hmm. um, but when you have that experience with Jesus, the conversion taking place, you will suddenly see the beauty of the ideal that God has mm -hmm. put into mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Secretly, and, Kelly. Yeah, and just just to go back to, I guess, the the first time. If, as from I know in scripture the first time that someone suggested God was a killjoy in Genesis chapter 3. Yes. Right, so <laughs> Shall we go there? Genesis yeah. 3. So in Genesis chapter verse? 3 um, you have the serpent yeah you have yep. the serpent and he asks the question in verse 1 and the question itself is suggestive. Mm. He says has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Mm -hmm. And then what he's intending to imply by this question he brings out later in verse 5 he says for God knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be open you'll be like God knowing good and evil he he says 
did God withhold this from you? And let me tell you what God's intention is. It's because he's trying to hold something mm. good back from you. Mm -hmm. And so this, this notion of God as trying to, trying to hold us back from something that could be enjoyable, that could be pleasurable, that could be awesome. Mm -hmm. And then it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food in verse six, mm -hmm. that it was pleasant to the eyes, desirable to make one wise, basically she bought into this narrative that God was holding something back that was good, something that was pleasurable, desirable that was going to make her wise mm -hmm. and it seems like since then you know we've struggled with this notion of God holding us mm -hmm. back from something that would be awesome you know mm -hmm. a great experience mm -hmm. so even I mean beyond sexuality I think right. just Christianity you know religion in general you know it can be perceived through that lens of like oh you know they're the sad people who can't do anything right but you know it's ironic that this happened in the garden um, that Satan is saying you know God doesn't want you to have these good things, uh, which is a lie, the script that he's telling us today still. And he's telling this to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Eden, the name Eden means pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like in the place that God has created for, uh, as a place of pleasure mm -hmm. uh, like, for his creation. <laughs> and he's like, God doesn't want you to have pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, no, like it's <laughs> quite opposite. So it's just very ironic that he's suggesting it and that we, that we buy into that lie so quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just in a similar way, I see Genesis 3 also playing out just in, in media today. Mm. Um, because so? So the, the media of uh, too many movies or shows to, to even recount of just how sexuality is displayed mm -hmm. and the the way it's shown as like this is the best way all these people are happy mm -hmm. you're not happy because you're not being like them mm -hmm. and so then we're like oh that's forbidden knowledge god says don't go that way you're like you're just holding me back i can see that they're happy i can see mm -hmm. it's desirable to make one wise mm -hmm. i can see it's good for me mm -hmm. and god's like no but like it's not that's a lie and they're like i don't believe you mm -hmm. and so we assume that because we see happy faces going this direction and god's like actually go that way we're like you're a killjoy mm -hmm. because i can see how happy faces over there, but it's not true happiness. Yeah, we have social science data that, 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 has, that where there's evidence that married individuals have more fulfilling physical intimate lives, more sexual experiences, more happiness levels. Happiness levels. I believe it was in the last episode where Israel said that, that married people have lower lows, but we also have higher highs, mm -hmm. right? So they have more fulfilling and more more, more these, these upper ups, more upper experiences. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, media does portray that married people live like these sad, boring lives yeah. sitting in sofas. And it's the, those who are living very, uh, quote, you know, yeah. the lives that they're the, the movies portray <laughs> right. Uh, right. as having the most fulfilled sexual lives, but that's not the case. The social science data shows uh, yeah. otherwise. And it's, it's even just, even the small things. Like I, I was passing through a room while someone's watching a sitcom. And in those 15 seconds I was in the room, there was like two jokes about how people who are married don't have sex. Mm. And I was like, what, what are we <laughs> And that's not even what the episode is about. Mm -hmm. It's just a passing moment, a moment in a conversation, and that's not even the focus. So what happens when things are the focus? Mm -hmm. And but you get you're like, huh? Oh, that's like I'm laughing because like the backtrack laughs, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then that that just reinforces it in your mind. So I don't want to get married because then I'll have intimacy and da da da. da. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if we can go to Genesis two, we do see evidences that 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 sexual intimacy is good. Mm -hmm. We see that in verse twenty four, chapter two, verse twenty four. That therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined 
to his wife and they shall become one <coughs> flesh. Yes. Verse 25, they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. And we looked at episode two on not just physical nakedness, but mm -hmm. also spiritual and social and just that vulnerability with each other was established there. And we find that, thank you for sharing that Eden means pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so God is 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 a God of who, yes. who created that for yeah. us. I think that's important that we yes. really make that clear. Sex is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. The sexual experience that God has for us is, is an incredibly beautiful, really holy gift. And when I say holy, some people might feel like, oh, that sounds, that sounds like, how does that work? It is, mm -hmm. because it's biblical, and it's, God has put it right into creation. Mm -hmm. So uh, for all those out there who might think, oh, you know, sex is bad or evil or not, can't work with God so well, it's like, no. God wants you to have yes. a, a beautiful sexual experience in the right context, mm -hmm. uh, in the right parameters that He has laid out for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it is a beautiful gift from heaven. Mm -hmm. Sika, I want to ask you, so tell me more about Philippians 2 here. Where does Philippians 2 enter into our conversation? Well, what God had intended for sexuality yes. obviously has been marred because of sin. You yes. know, sin enters the picture. Um, Adam and Eve believe this lie that the serpent mm -hmm. is telling that God is withholding something good. And and sorry to just backtrack just a little bit, but what Jonathan was saying about, you know, underscoring that what God made is good. All throughout Genesis chapter one, mm -hmm. God creates and he says it was good, good, good. That includes when he created humanity mm -hmm. and he told him be fruitful and multiply, which involves the sexual, you know, interaction. It is good, 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 very good. Mm -hmm. And so this thing that was good that God intended has now been marred because of the transgression of God's law that mm. happens in chapter mm. three. Mm -hmm. And so from then on, where God is trying to bring us back to what the ideal experience was, what the ideal experience of sexuality was that he intended mm -hmm. for us. Okay, hold that thought. When we come back after the break, we're gonna look at what was that ideal experience intended for humanity. I'm Justin Kim, you're listening to Inverse. We'll be back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Philippians chapter 2. Siku. Mm -hmm. Well, I was, I was headed to Philippians chapter 2. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but transitioning from, from, from the Genesis experience that, um, that sin, sin uh, marred, it, it altered, it, it completely like kind of flipped on its head what God had intended in terms of the relationship between Adam and Eve. I mean, you look at chapter three, Adam goes from singing, you know, poetry about this woman to being like, oh, she's the one who made me do it, right? Mm -hmm. And they're pointing fingers at each other. You know, the, that, that intimacy has been broken, that, that trust, that trusting relationship has been broken. Mm -hmm. And now just their relationship is not focused on how can I, serve my partner, mm -hmm. it's on self-preservation. Mm -hmm. You see, like without going to, you know, the actual verses in chapter three, mm -hmm. but like it's, it's who can I point the finger at so that I'm not culpable for my own actions even. Um, and you contrast that, so Jesus comes, um, and in Philippians chapter two, mm. you have this picture of, of human interaction that is mandated at the beginning of chapter two, where you say, you know, don't look on your own interests. Don't be thinking about yourself. Like, how do you preserve yourself? How do you make yourself happy? Like the self-focus, like that shouldn't, that's not what it's supposed to be. And the remedy 
is that Jesus came and modeled for us what it actually looks like to be others focused, mm. right? And this is what God had intended from the beginning for Adam and Eve. This is what it was like before sin comes into the picture, mm-hmm. that Jesus is that kind of, uh, is that picture of, yeah. you know, thinking of others as more important than himself, of looking to somebody else's needs rather than my own. And you contrast that with our, like what Kelly was saying, our the, the, the media, um, the, the picture of sexuality right now, is totally me-focused. Mm-hmm. You take yeah. these principles from Philippians chapter 2, which are all about self-denial mm-hmm. and service to others and service serving others until the point of death, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Going to the extreme. And these become fundamental principles for sexuality as right. well. Yes. Uh, the world portrays sexuality as something, hey, it's my need. I need it to get fulfilled. I'm going to go out there to get my need fulfilled right, right? Mm-hmm. even within marriage as right. well yeah. right it, it is a battle of me uh, of my need versus your needs yes. but you take this and then the, I think the larger picture is so amazing <laughs> is that a lot of the basic principles for salvation and spirituality mm-hmm. are the same exact yeah. principles for for sexuality yes. mm-hmm. right I mean that's that can something really weird in, in a certain context denial and serving mm-hmm. others yeah. uh, and and then looking out for the other person mm-hmm. is, is kind of the ideal and in our modern society Society, we want to we want to kind of separate those two, but looking at holistically, they're 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 the same. They're yes. the same. Jonathan, really, the sexual encounter is uh, it, you know ideally is uh, represents uh, the selfless love that God has uh, for us. Mm. God serves us. He loves us. He wants us to be happy. That's why He created uh, the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Pleasure. Mm-hmm. He He wants to uplift us and and and, and give us a great life, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, in the sexual encounter, when we take these principles, um, the focus ideally should be on making the other person feel, uh, you know, accepted and loved and appreciated and worthy and not focusing on what I can get out of this, but focusing how can I make this person, uh, you know, happy and loved and, and really feel that they, I want them to feel that they are known and, and just, it's a beautiful, very a deeply emotional and deeply spiritual experience mm-hmm. uh, when you take these principles and mm-hmm. apply them. And it, what, what, what this means then is then uh, that what we talked about the scripts in, uh, I think in lesson one, that the scripts of this world are telling us a completely opposite picture. And so Jesus is giving us a script here that when we trust in him, he will help us apply the script. In fact, later on in the chapter, he tells us that you know God will God will help us and give us the strength to to live this way because naturally we can't do it. Mm-hmm. But with his help, he can give us uh, this this selfless heart and apply it in now that we're talking about sexuality in the sexual experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you still go to the supermarket and you see all these like you know those those magazines and they're like, right. hey, how to have the most incredible sex ever? And then you know, I've never opened those magazines, but right. so you, you see the titles out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our 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 episode is entitled Incredible Sex. So people might be looking at the TV guide and I'm like, oh, incredible sex. And they're going to tune into our episode and we're like, oh, this is what we're talking about. So the Bible does give principles yes. on how to have that maximal sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And rather than talking about techniques or like candles or the music or the ambiance or the color of, of whatever, 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 we're talking about full on vulnerability yeah. with your partner, with yeah. your married partner, yes. right? Yeah. Full on exposure, no judgment, no guilt, no shame, just full on just 
that, 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 that experience. Then we're also talking about here in total service, going all out mm -hmm. for the other person. Mm -hmm. to, to experience that which God has created, mm -hmm. we need to be all about God and all about the other and not about self, right? right? Mm -hmm. So get, share with me more, more other principles on how to, surely those are not the only two, mm -hmm. what are other principles to, to experience this incredible uh, gift that God has given to us? Well, Kelly. I think another principle, it kind of encompasses the first two you said, but that is about having open conversations mm -hmm. um, because you can maybe even have that, that desire in your heart of like, I want to serve this person, I want to be a blessing to them, and I know how that works, and I know what to do, but like you might not. Mm -hmm. And so it can, but it can be so awkward to have those conversations, mm -hmm. but to do that anyways, because again, just blending both those things of being others focused and being completely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So we can't just be like, yeah, I have like their best interest in mind, hope it works out. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, that's not the purpose. Like even service itself requires you to put your pride aside mm -hmm. and to broach those kinds of topics and to say, even teach me how to serve you and teach me how to love you in a way that you can, that you can really experience the way I want you to. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, go ahead John. Okay. Um, another one, another one that, that I was thinking of that is not necessarily related to, we're kind of be talking at the emotional level, you know, vulnerability, mm -hmm. but just a really practical thing. Um, just, you know, the healthier that you are, the better the, the, the sexual um, experience can be for you as a married couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, you know, if you're sick, it's, you know, it's your physical health and mm -hmm. it's a physical act. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's, what's interesting is like when God, when God gives principles in his word, you know, like, you know, for being healthy and, you know, we kind of think, oh, you know, uh, health principles, I have to eat a certain way, I have to exercise and whatever. But the, 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 the ripple effect to the rest of your life, to areas that you don't even think about, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and, and this is one area that it ends up impacting mm -hmm. so that when God cares about our health, yeah. he's, yes, he cares about your physical health, but it's going to affect all these other areas. Sure, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, there's, uh, how many physicians have said, hey, you need to stop eating this, you gotta stop smoking, you're gonna die soon, like, nah, I'm gonna, don't wanna live the way I want. Well, it affects your sexual health too. Well, I better stop. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I guess I will away. So, yeah, it is funny, but it, it just, but it's true. health in one area impacts all these other areas. Mm -hmm. So this, mm -hmm. what we're, we're portraying is really a holistic picture where yes. everything is affecting everything, mm -hmm. and that's the way that God made it to right. be. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Just, Callie and then, uh, Jonathan and Kelly, we, we, we did oh, we okay. did yeah. Jonathan. Sorry. <laughs> well, another, another aspect uh, that is like you want to deal with any guilt that you might feel in your life, mm -hmm. especially in the area of sexuality. You know, if you have in your past uh, dealt, you know, been exposed to some inappropriate uh, materials, yes. whatever it is, pornography, etc. Yes. That stuff burns into your brain. And so you want to ask God to help you, you know, be cleansed from that and, and, and those yes. kinds of things. Because those things will affect you in the sexual encounter when you are married. Yes. Uh, and so God, but God, who is the God of sanctification, yes. wants to give us victory over these things. He wants to cleanse our heart and fill us with, you know, the heart of Jesus. Yes. The beautiful thing is that uh, really with sanctification, with that transformation that takes place as you walk with Jesus, your sexual life will get better as well, mm -hmm. as every aspect of your life will get better. Mm -hmm. Because uh, you are more and more in tune with God, and if both of the partners really are, as it says in Philippians 2, you know, in verse uh, 2, being 
like-minded, having the same love of one accord, one mind, as you have that experience, uh, that can only take place in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But when that takes place, so that your, your, your guilt is taken care of, your relationship with Jesus is healthy, both of your relationship with Jesus, that will automatically translate into your marriage relationship and into your sexual life. Mm -hmm. And that uh, it really brings a level of, of holiness and, and beauty to the sexual encounter that is not there in the casual, uh, you know, sexual experiences that people have, uh, you mm -hmm. know, every day. Uh, I think you're spot on. I think there's so many people who have had negative experiences mm -hmm. and unsafe encounters yes. and just, and that has really, you know, uh, infringed upon their, their, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the yes. topic altogether, right? Yes. And so spirituality really, uh, the ideal experience is a safe, safe environment for that mm -hmm. to take place. Mm -hmm. And so for example, I mean, for, not for example, that's why we're talking about this here, yes. right? Yeah. We should be talking about this in the church. We should be talking about this in Bible study. This is a, a holy topic <laughs> yes. in a safe zone. That's yep, right. Kelly. Something I just love to harp on about who God is, and that is his his rules, his parameters, they're not arbitrary. Mm. Mm. God isn't bored and saying like, you know, let's make sure you're not selfish just because I like that. Like, <laughs> it's actually you yourself are you enjoy it more if you focus on the other person. Yes. And it's like, oh, just be healthy, just cause. I like you to be healthy. Like, no, it actually, it makes you enjoy it more. It's like, oh, just don't be stressed. Don't be guilt. Like all of these things are interconnected mm -hmm. in such a logical, holistic way. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we, even not even just about sexuality, but anything, we just like, oh God, I don't like that God makes that rule. And mm -hmm. God, it's not a rule, it's a user manual of mm -hmm. like, this is oh, how humanity yes, works. Good. Good. <laughs> and yes. so we're just like, God, I'm upset. He's like, well, do this. We're like, I don't like your rules. And he's like, no, I'm just, I'm telling you how to fix it. Like, mm -hmm. this is, this is what happens. <laughs> how you were created. This is how you work. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so if we see it more as that of God, yes. just, he's like, yeah, I would love for you to have the best life possible, the best sex possible, the best everything. Yes. This is how it works. Yes. Mm -hmm. If we took that as descriptive, instead of him trying to rule our lives, yes. we would live much happier lives. Mm -hmm. Really, the, those who study the Bible should have the best sexual experience. Yes. 100%. I mean, that sounds weird. Uh, but it's true. Talk coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but it. it should be. <laughs> if he created the, the the gift to begin with. He did. So if I can make a radical yes. statement here, sex is kind of like the Sabbath. And what do I mean by that? Yeah, the Sabbath, what do you mean by that? Yes, what do I mean by that? The <laughs> Sabbath is a celebration of God's faithfulness, of God's, you know, creatorship. It is a day of where I worship and 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 reflect God. Like I I, I I praise him. I, I connect with him, but it's a celebration of my of his faithfulness to me and my life, um, my faithfulness to him, uh, of my life with him. Every week on a weekly basis, I celebrate God on the Sabbath, right? Because of what has happened throughout the week, and the sexual encounter is 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 kind of like that celebration of when it comes to marriage, mm -hmm. uh, of what God has created. You in sex, it's not about oh that I just I want to feel good. It's celebrating what. Uh, What's already there. What's already there. The foundation yeah. is not, it's already, it's what happens on everyday life, your relationship with oh, your I partner, you et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Celebrating what's already there, yes. not as a prerequisite to, as a foundation yeah. for something. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. even at the end of the day, like sex is only good because you already feel, you feel trusted. Yes. You are, you um, trust that person. There's love. Yes. So it's not, you're not creating trust. You're not creating yes. love. You're confirming it, as you yes. said. So you're celebrating what is already created and what you're already so much enjoying. In other the, the other nuance is that 
that the we're, we're we're talking about the sexual experience, but just so that there's no confusion, we are not talking about that that short uh, period where where the where the two individuals are experiencing the pleasure itself. We're talking about the before and the after. Yeah. This is the entire the yeah. package of mm -hmm. sexuality. I want to really really capitalize on what Jonathan is saying is that Sabbath and sexuality are the two gifts that we have from the Garden of Eden. We see the two creation accounts and the two apexes that we see in those two narratives is the seventh-day Sabbath, the closest experience we can have with God, and sexuality within marriage, the closest experience we can have with another human being. We want to encourage you to continue conversation on our social media handles at Inverse Bible on Twitter and on uh, Facebook and all the others. And we're so happy that you decided to join us. We'll see you here next week on Inverse as we continue this most important and sacred topic on biblical sexuality. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.